What's up, guys? Welcome to the WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. And we're here. Um, we're excited. I think every week I say we're here. Obviously, we're here because you're listening to this. Unless we record, be recording somewhere else, but uh, we're, we're back. We're there, too. <laughs> I think it's... Wherever I, you're at, we're yeah, there. Yeah. In your car, in your <laughs> earbuds, on the treadmill. Alan's giving out some <laughs> omnipresent <laughs> characteristics right there. <laughs> We're not like God, but no. we might be in your, your car. That's the thing about technology, man. It's amazing. It's everywhere. We're just, I mean, uh, lives might be touched by this years from now. After we're, you know, somebody might stumble across this and listen to it and say, you know what? God's word is all part. Not that me or Hunter yeah. have any kind of special capability. It's the, it's the word of God. It has its own power. And what I think is in, uh, you know, with tech, the technology side of what you're saying is... I was talking to a guy this last week, and we were just talking about, like, music, especially from, like, older music, and, you know, he was talking about how, you know, when he was young, back in his day, I Walk mean... Walk to school. Yeah, but he... Appeal both ways. If you wanted a song, like, you couldn't just get on the internet or get on your app and type in the song. Like, you had to go to the music store or, like, buy the record or the tape. Yeah. And he was talking about, now it's just, you know, hey, do you know the song? Well, here, let me... Do, 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 do. You yep. know you're typing it in, and then you pull listen, it up. Listen to it, yeah. And it's right there. So we are thankful for technology. Um, there is definitely a downfall to technology as well. Um, so, you know, we've got all got to be accountable in how we use technology, but, you know, in a sense, a good steward of what you do have. Because, um, you know, Alan, the simple idea of, like, glorify, glorifying God your accountability and what we use technology for. That's a small thing some people may look over, but like that that's that's a big thing. Yep. What you use your technology for. So yep. um, we're excited, you know, and have been excited this whole time that God has given us this opportunity to do a podcast where we put these things out so people have things that they can listen to, not to listen to me and Alan, but um, just to listen to biblical conversation and uh you know it's not even just me and Alan. we have other people that come on here um we shared last time that you know hopefully we're gonna have some um, different guests come on sometime and uh we're excited we're thankful and this was just a small idea you know that um, the lord led us to do and here we are we're still going well our pastor made a statement and again he i can't with other wise men make he made a statement that proves his wisdom uh, and he said he he learned something, which he tries to learn something, you know, every day, and you know that should be applicable to all of us. You know, if we uh, get uh, serious in our mind that not not that we want to get elevated or smarter or uh, you know uh, super intelligent to impress others, but to continue in our own sanctification process pursuit of, of godliness and, and separation and coming out from among the world uh, that knowledge is crucial in helping make that to happen so uh, again this technology uh, again I'm, I'm thankful for it and thankful that we have the ability to to uh, record the podcast and we're thankful for you that are listening that are tuning in uh, keep 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 listening for uh, sure. and again tell others about it for sure so with all that being said, we're going to get this going um, just because we've got to try to wrap up a little quicker than usual today. Um, today we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, and I mentioned, well, let me say this. I mentioned last podcast that I had we had some 1 John 
podcasts that were lost. <laughs> yeah, I'm still looking for them. I, I think I'm going to find them. Um, and if I do find them, I'll upload them. I know it'll be random, but at least you'll know what I'm referring to. But if not, we're just going to keep trucking along. Um, we enjoyed the podcast that's out there of First John that we currently have. So um, we're, we're thankful for that. Um, but I will say this, that um, hopefully starting every Monday, um, I'm going to start putting up um, sermons from Sundays. I know we've talked about Message Monday before and we used to have it. Um, but we're going to be more consistent just because right now our pastor is going through some great material and subject, context, and scripture. And we're thankful for that and that God's leading us that direction as a church. Um, but we want to share these things with the world. We want to share these things with you. Um, so um, tomorrow I know that maintaining Christian unity, he, he begins in Philippians 1, um, talking about the importance of unity. And didn't even get through all of his notes, but it was good. And it oh, was yeah. very encouraging. And so um, be looking out for that. Um, this podcast will upload as well. The full council episode just dropped today. Um, so just be looking for these things, you know, today, the rest of this week that these episodes are coming out and check them out. But today we're going to read Romans 12 and we're going to be talking about marks of a true Christian. Actually, if your Bible has headers in it, that's the title of this section. Um, now when we look at marks, um, another word we can use here is characteristics and Alan, you know, I've been reading, um, I had to do an assignment on this section of scripture for school, um, last week. But not only that, um, I've continued to read in this because there's some challenging verses, um, specifically for me, verse 11, um, about being slothful and um, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. You know, these marks, these characteristics um, that would show us what a Christian is, what a true believer is, someone who's been born again. Um, So my hope in this, our hope in this, is that one, you might be convicted by one of these characteristics, something you need to work on. Um, Maybe God will reveal to you through the Spirit that's within you, the teacher, that you need to focus on one of these specifically. Um, You might be listening to this and maybe learn something new as a believer. Or you might be listening to this and be like, well, all of these are absent from my life. Hunter, Alan, what do I do? Um, Will you put repent, believe, and put your faith in Christ? And uh, surrender your life to Him, that you be born again and um, regenerated through the Holy Spirit of God um, and indwelled by Him. So, um, you know, Al, with that being said, um, I I think it's important to realize that there are characteristics throughout Scripture, um, especially the New Testament. Um, You know, at one point, Paul would say, imitate us as we imitate Christ. Um, You know, Paul didn't just live a life to be Paul, you know, and to bring glory to Paul. Um, You know, Paul would even say multiple times that if there's anything worth boasting in, it's in the Lord. Um, So Paul didn't say, you know, just live like me and be like me. He always gave an emphasis to be like, or to say, hey, be like Jesus, be like Christ. And the life that Paul did live and the writings that Paul did give us, um, they're from Jesus. Um, It's like, you know, what we talked about in that 1 John 1 Chapter 1, when John said, you know, these are the things we've seen. These are the things we've heard. Um, John and Peter and Paul, I mean, they all were given the gospel by Jesus Christ. They saw him. They heard him. Um, So, you know, these things that Paul writes of, they're of Paul's hand in the writing, but they're influenced by God. 
and and inspired, you know, by the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that men were carried, right? Um, all scriptures by the inspiration of God. Um, so, you know, the Spirit would give them these things to say, God's Holy Spirit. Um, but we also know that these men heard Christ himself and saw Christ himself. Um, so when we look at these characteristics, Alan, someone might be listening to this and be like, well, I, I think I read something one time. Jesus talked about something like that. Well, that sounds like something Jesus... Well, that, that's where it's from, the source. Um, you know, it's like tonight I'm going to be able to teach a children's class, and I'm, we're going to talk about the body of Christ. I mean, he's the head, right? So, like... If you hear this and it's talking about loving one another and you're like, man, Jesus said that. Yeah, it's pointing back to the head of the body. Um, the body points to the head, right? Um, the body follows what the head says to the brain, right? All these things. So, yes, it all reflects Christ. Um, and, Alan, when you look at these characteristics, for example, I mean, how important is it that as Christians we utilize Scripture to learn about these characteristics that should be coming from our lives. It is such a dominant need that we not only have someone teach us, but we have someone demonstrate in front of us. I know we, our faith is, don't get me wrong, our faith, our salvation, mm. all of our uh, hope is in Christ. But that day-to-day living and sanctification and coming out from among the world and be holy, be peculiar people. We need to make disciples. And as, as God's people, we need to be that example visually that folks can see in us, man, there's something different. There's something about that person yeah. that's unique. And that uniqueness is absolutely a byproduct, 100% byproduct of living a submissive uh, life in pursuit of Christ. And, and we're going to talk about some of those characteristics yes. that we, we can visually see in people. Uh, and uh, you, Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in later. Go ahead. Read, read the scripture. This is good stuff. Okay. Let's, let's start with verse 9. Um, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Um, so when we look at this, you know, when it talks about like, let love be genuine, like the King James would say, let love be without dissimulation. Um, so like that word, when we talk about it, it's a negative particle word, um, undissembled, um, dissimulation, hypocrisy, unfeigned, um, undisguised. So we all learn, we all learn if you, if you're a church kid, like I was, we all learn how to be empathetic. We all learn mm -hmm. how to uh, appear like we're interested. We all, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a byproduct of, of the being the Sunday, you know, you go and, and you see those, well, bless it. And th they seem like they're all oh, sympathetic with all you're going through, but there's more to it than that. There's more to this love that he said, don't let it be phony or fake. Don't let it be hypocritical. Mm -hmm. Don't say, well, I love you. Without the acts of kindness, that investment where I, I I have to, maybe I have to sacrifice a little bit myself to pour into you like Paul did. Yeah. And to invest in people with no ulterior motive, nothing for me to gain, nothing for Paul to gain, nothing that he could uh, acquire out of this. 
other than to prove that, man alive, I'm committed to seeing you succeed, to develop, to grow. And Paul's behavior was an excellent model of that. And when you look at, I, I think, you know, Alan, when you were talking about, and I'm pulling it up right here on my computer, I want to look at this. Um, like the NASB, let love be without hypocrisy. So I love that the ESV says genuine. I love the King James says without dissimulation or, you know, not dismembered. Um, but, you know, the NASB, without hypocrisy, I, I believe both, all three translations do justice. Because, like, when you look at the definition of this word, genuine, Alan, um, belonging to original stock, real, natural, true, pure. Um, so, like, and that's from the Webster's Dictionary, by the way. Uh, but w- when you look at this and it's like, let love be without hypocrisy or let it be genuine. Like, let love be true. Let it be pure. Um, love people unconditionally. Uh, love people without... Um, favoritism or motive, you know, James would even say in James chapter 2 that, you know, partiality, favoritism, it's a sin. Yeah. So like yeah. when we love people, um, we need to love as Christ love. Um, you know, we get to that greater love as no friend than a friend would that lay down his life, right? Um, scarcely somebody would die for a righteous person. Near, uh, scarcely a good person, yeah. right? But Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. So like, when you look at this love, now Alan, I I, I want to say this, like, the love that Jesus had was so pure. Why? Because he was God. So, like, I'm not God. I, I'm not going to understand uh, completely that agape love, that perfection of love. Um, you know, I, I love what I choose to love. I love what God's put in me to love. Um, so, you know, when, when you talk about love, like, we're not talking about, like, I, I love Mexican food or I love mm-hmm. tacos. I choose to love that. But yet, when I look at being a Christian or the characteristics of genuine love, that's produced in me because of Christ in me. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So the first thing you have to realize is, if you're listening to this, is that uh, Jesus Christ has to dwell within you through the power of the Holy Spirit for you to understand what genuine love is. Um, you know, Alan, you know, there are people um, that in this world... Um, people I know that a lot of the people, other churches even, would discredit them and count them out. I'm going to be honest, you know, because of their status, because of their poor situation, or this or this or this. But, like, we're called to love those people. Uh, you know, how we treat the least, right? Because the least is the greatest. Um, so it's like, you know, when I see a situation um, that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, they're poor, or they're this, or I'm smarter, or I'm better, or they don't go to our church, so they're not like us, and they're not good enough, and they're like, that's the opposite of what genuine love is, it's pure, it's natural, so it's like this, when the Holy Spirit of God lives within me, and I've been born again, a characteristic, which is also a fruit of the Spirit, that you can read about over in Galatians 5, is love, and the pureness and genuineness of this love is to love people, right? Uh, And I mean, love your neighbor as yourself. And I know that the Bible has specific instructions about, you know, the brethren, like Christian brothers and sisters, we need to love them. But it's like, when I look at the world or like where I work or this or this, when I come encounter with lost people, if I'm supposed to be the light 
right? The light on like a that's set on a hill, city on a hill. Absolutely, we're, we're talking about characteristics here. I should portray the love of Christ in me through my life towards that person. Exactly, and you can't even know how to do that. You can't even understand that concept. No. And until some, God yeah. sheds His love abroad in our heart, and, and it's like you know, Alan. And when I say that, like I love that person, that's not saying like, "Hey, I love you. I love who you, what you do." I there's a difference between acceptance and love. There is. When I say that I love them, I love them enough to share the gospel to them. I love them enough to help them. I, I love them enough to. Uh, be around them, right, and have some sort of relationship. But there's a difference between love and acceptance because here's the thing. If love and acceptance go together, then we've got a problem because there's a lot of people I love, but I don't necessarily accept their decisions or the way they believe because it's contrary to Scripture, but yet I love them. And, and that's the thing, Alan, is like if we can get into Scripture, right, and see what pure love looks like, like love your neighbor as yourself, Okay, if I love myself, I need to love my neighbor with the same measure. Or take it a step further in a different direction. Um, Genuine love towards my wife. Ephesians 5, I should love her and treat her, right? It talks about um, as I love my body and take care of my body, right? I should have that towards her. And that's the thing. It's like, here's the standard, and you can't see my hand, but here's the standard. Here's Jesus. It's way up high. Me and Alan are sitting here. It's way up here. Like, I, I, I'm called to strive to be like Christ, so I'm reaching for this measure, not to be saved, not to uh, prove to anyone anything, but because of Christ in me, the love of God overflows through my heart and through my life to others. And it needs to be genuine. It needs to be real. And that means this. There needs to be no motive to it. Alan, if all I do is love people to preach more, I've got a problem. If all I'm doing is to love people so they'll give me stuff or give me something in return, I've got a wrong problem. True love is when you can love a brother or love a sister in Christ and not expect anything. Like, hey, if somebody needs your cloak, didn't Jesus talk about it? Give it to them. If they ask you to go the mile, go the extra mile. I mean, you can see all the characteristics of genuine, pure love in the Gospels by just the teachings of Jesus. But here's the thing. We've got to let these marks, these characteristics live through our lives. And here's the thing, Alan. I shouldn't have to sit down and try to plan it out. No. Because it already should be evident in my life because... It's no longer I who live, Galatians 2.20. It's Christ who lives in me. And the fruit that is bared in my life, John 15 says, you'll know a tree by its fruit. And so the fruit that I bear, right, the way that I will love people genuinely and purely and unconditionally is a fruit that comes from Christ in me and that bears on my tree. So like Alan said earlier, you should be able to see in my life that I love people. Why? Because of Christ in me and that fruit that he's bearing that reciprocates but also uh, replicates him. Yep. If you go and read verse 10, it says, Be kindly affectionate one towards another in brotherly love in honor preferring one another. That's yes. what that looks like. It's, your, it's, it's, it's kindness that is simply for the purpose to demonstrate yeah you're you're demonstrating uh, a, a love and, and that's out of uh, just pure kind pure kindness and yeah. preferring preferring others above yourself and you know it's it's one thing if you, if you take that now globe uh, kind of broadcast that out a little bit there's no one individual that has the capability to love and demonstrate that to an entire community 
But when you take a body of believers who all get, you know, like-minded and they have this, this desire, this love for other people. Yeah. And it, they start demonstrating that to the community and they start preferring the community and those folks and, 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 and esteeming them high. Uh, that is something that is, is uh, I think, honors God because that's not natural. That's not natural for the human being to do. And you we're know, greedy. We're greedy and stingy by nature. Yeah, and I am. For further study, excuse me. For further study, um, you might have already thought of it. You know, I didn't at first, but First Corinthians thirteen. I mean, you know, love is patient, kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Like you, love bears all things, believe all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Like you can go down through here and look at what pure, genuine love looks like, the way of love. And love is one of the most repeated words and ideas in the New Testament because God demonstrates his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly for yeah. us. So it's like the whole point of the gospel is because of God's agape, perfect, unconditional love towards men. Now, another thing too, Alan, and we may even just get through one verse today, and that's fine. Um, let love be without hypocrisy, but look here, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. So the, the other thing, Alan, is like, let love be without hypocrisy. So, like, when I devote and pronounce my love towards God, I mean, if you ever have you ever been in a church service? If you're listening, sit on wherever you go. Have you ever been in a church service or heard a preacher? All right, who in here loves God? Everybody raises, you know what I'm saying? So, like, everybody has this idea of what it looks like to love God. But to really love God, right, you know, God is light, in Him is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship in Him, but we walk in darkness, we lie, we don't tell the truth. But if anyone walks in the light as He is in the light, right, we have brotherly affection towards each other. Um, but we know that Christ has died for our sins. I paraphrase that, but that's in First John, right, when it talks about the fellowship that we have with the Son, um, and with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, with the Trinity. Um, but when we look at this, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil. So it's even, Alan, like when my love is pronounced in front of people before God, or if I say I'm a Christian and I love God, um, Alan, there are some characteristics that should line up with that because it shouldn't just be at mouth, it should be actions in life. So, you know, if I'm like, hey, man, I love God, but yet, like, I don't spend time in His Word. I'm not really loving God. Yep. If I say I love God and I'm really not spending time in prayer communicating with the Father... Um, I'm not really loving God. If I said that I love God, but yet I don't want to go to be with the body of Christ or participate in the body of Christ or serve or help or serve my community or witness to those who are lost, you know, then I'm really not loving God because I'm not living out the commandments. Exactly. But it's like love without hypocrisy. But look here, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. So it's like in my love and my pronunciation and pronouncing of loving God in my life, I should abhor what is evil. And when you like think about that word, Alan, abhor. Um, I mean, let's let's for instance, let's look at another translation to get an idea of what else we could see. You know, abhor in the ESV. But look here, the King James as well, abhor. So it's like three different translations use the same word. And listen to this: to detest utterly, to dislike, 
have a horror of. That's very extreme right there in English language. Um, and, and here's the thing. It's a verb, Alan. So it's an action word. So it's like when it talks about abhor, this is a verb of something that I should do in my life. Um, I should detest utterly what is evil. So let's talk about that just a second because we spoke of it just in Sunday school this morning about how uh, it, we, we, we reference scripture was in James. Uh, let me see. I've got my notes. Four. James 4, verse 8, talks about drawing nigh unto God, he'll draw nigh unto you, uh, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your heart, you double-minded. Talk about people being double-minded. Yeah. It's that idea of having one hand on God and one hand on the world. One hand on God, one hand in Satan's... Uh, you know what I think of, Alan, when you say that? Not to cut you off, hold that, hold that. Just to add more, like, illustration, because people can't kind of see what we're talking. You ever seen a revolving door in, like, a hotel? Mm-hmm. That's what that makes me think of. You're yep. just in circles. You're in like double minded. You're you're double minded. Both sides, there, all over the place. There's instability. You're being torn. Here's the way the scripture reads that godly love views Satan. Instead of holding on to him, instead of letting him have real estate, instead of entertaining his thoughts in our mind, it should be horif. What's horrifying? What what petrifies me? Uh, not, I'm not too scared of snakes, but something that's I don't you know, like spiders. Spiders. You know how does how does that how does the unexpected revelation of a spider in your personal space just boom right there it is? It's horrifying. That's the way evil. That's the way we should view Satan's attack. Because listen, God hates it. It cost him his son. His son died so that we could have this hope. So that's the way when when we want our lives to honor Christ. Those things that are evil. Those things that are sinful, those things that, uh, you know, boy, preacher, I'll tell you what, he, God's, God's using him in a mighty way. If he's not hitting anybody else, God's working and cultivating yeah. and praying in my heart and helping me to realize a lot of things that I think are harmless in reality is my indifference and numbness to the evil that Satan has conditioned me to. And I need to abort. It needs to horrify me. I need to change my mindset on how I interact with it because it's literally crippling my personal testimony. If I want to be stronger, if I want more influence, if I want to have a bigger impact for the kingdom of God, I need to be horrified by some of the sin that Satan has kind of just kind of camouflaged and snuck into the uh, recesses of my heart as being okay or not that bad or justifiable. Yeah, but not, but not just that too. It's like the my flesh. I mean, the when you look at like sin and you know, um, I know willful willful sinning is a controversial subject. Everybody's opinions on, but it's like you know when I f- see temptation, right, and I sin. Um, Alan, you know, or, you know, um, I think that thought, or I watch that show, or I listen to this kind of music that I'm not, sp- when I sin, right, um, nobody, nobody makes you sin, that's, no. that's comical that people would try to suggest that someone makes a sin, or it's like an accident, no, it's not an accident, it's a choice, so it's even like, you know, 
Al, my flesh, not not just the enemy himself. Like you know, uh, when I look at the world, I mean, it's a, it's a sin playground, um, and I know what's at my fingertips, and I know what I can think of in my imagination, my my you know all these things. But it's like if I let that happen, and you know, not it's not Satan's fault in that sense; it's it's Hunter's fault. Yeah. And so it's like when you look at e, you know, what Satan does in the world. And what he does, because we, we don't necessarily believe here theologically that Satan's bound yet. That, that's later on. Um, you know, he is limited in his abilities, um, but he's not bound yet till later on. We, we see revelations and the things of Dan, Daniel is futuristic, not current. Um, um, you know, we're very pre-millennial in our view of everything. And um, I know that there might be some that listen to this that are uh, a, all millennial. Um, I want to welcome you to the to the podcast. Um, that that's a good topic and it's a good thing. But to keep track of what we're talking about, um, when I say good thing, I, it's a good thing that people want to discuss yeah. a millennial versus pre yeah. because everybody wants to get accurate. They they want to interpret it correctly. So I'm saying, welcome, glad you're here. If you're a millennial, um, maybe we can talk about that on a segment. Some people probably don't even know what that is because they've been raised in the same church their whole life, but. What you were talking about, like abhorring evil, Alan, um, being horrified of it. You know, it, it's just like the same thing, Alan. Um, you know, if we were to ask people like abhor, detest, like if you were going to detest some sort of evil, if we were to just ask randomly, we'd hear murder, we'd hear abortion, we'd hear homosexuality. Like we people would people would pick specific things to abhor, but like this is saying abhor what is evil. And if it's evil, that means in the sight of God, it's sinful and wrong and evil. It's against his ways. So it's like we can't just pick and choose. Exactly. We've got to abhor and detest what is evil, and that is all evil. Yep. So it's like the evil that we see in this world. We The, the evil that we see under the influence of Satan. Um, you know, this is another thing, too, that, like, I believe personally that possession is still a thing. I think there are people that are possessed by the influence of Satan 100%. Um, I think there are, you know, situations and things that have happened um, that through Satan's influence, but also the spirit of the Antichrist, people do evil, and they lead evil things, or they make evil acts. Um, So it's like, yes, we abhor those things, but like, what about sin? What about personal sin? What about personal struggles? We have to abhor that as well. We can't just pick and choose. But here's the other thing. While we're detesting and abhorring what is evil, the Bible then says, cling to what is good. So what is good? Well, God's good. So anything of God is good. Um, For example, His Word is good. Um, When we go through the Word and we learn about the things of God, we learn about love, we learn about patience, we learn about how it looks like to love your spouse. We learn about, you know, the doctrines of uh, of the gospel, you know. We learn about everything Jesus was and how he was God and man. We learn about these things, Alan. But not only that, like, the things that are given to us by God that are good, his blessings, right? Um, Alan, family. You and I are big family guys. Yep. So it's like we cling to what's good, but we cling to what is God. Um, so while we're detesting evil, while we're detesting sin, right, 
and, and getting away from it. And like Alan was talking about with like the spider thing, like if you don't like it, you're going to get away from it. If you don't like it, you don't want to be around it. You're going to get rid of it, even if you can't. So it's like we should have that mindset to when it comes to genuine love. Because if we genuinely love things and we genuinely love God, then what is that? It's to detest what is evil and to cling and hold to what is good. And Alan, you know, I think this, and we're only going to get through this verse, which that's fine. But it's like the Christian life, Alan, think about this. How powerful, let me ask you a question, Alan. How powerful would it be if every self-proclaiming Christian, born-again believer, would focus on this let your love be genuine, detest what's evil, and cling to what is good. Three simple things. If every Christian could pursue that consistently and constantly in their lives, what would their personal lives look like? So it's it's it, just like we've talked about. The sanctification process, the be ye holy for I am holy, yep. coming out from among the world and be a peculiar people, that would be a natural byproduct of people living this scripture out in yeah. honesty and humility. It would be just as uh, uh, easy as like would be walking into an apple orchard and seeing the red apples or green apples hanging all over the trees and the branches bent just about to break because those great big luscious plump apples are weighting those limbs down because it's full of fruit. That's the way our lives would look. Because God working through us, not that we're good, not that we're talented, not that we are anything that we could or should brag about, but that God in us and his word believed honestly and committed to will take care of all the sequence of events and chronological things that will happen, will fall in place, will come to fruition just like his word says it will, if we'll live it. Yeah. It'll happen. And I think you said it, Alan, like the sanctification process will become more intense but more serious. Yeah. Because of your pursuit of like these three things. But not only that. I'll tell you like, what else will happen. I'm sorry. I'll tell you what else will happen. I'll tell you what else will happen. There'll be a lot less of this confusion of, well, if he's a Christian and he can do that, well, I can do this. And it will be less rationalizing or self-justification or or rationalizing how uh, things that God's Word condemns when we try to justify. There'll be a lot less of that, a lot less of that going on. And I I think, too, Alan, through the pursuit of everyone personally pursuing, like, these three three simple ideas and characteristics, um, I think that independently people would grow but as they come together in genuine love abhorring what is evil and clinging to what is good you would see a church really start to flourish and grow as a lie upon a hill as a witness to the lost and dying community or world and you know Alan it's like we can sit here and talk about this and like I want to make this clear I want to say it again like when you go through Romans 12 like this isn't talking about things you do to be a Christian these are talking about things that are evident and characteristics and fruits on your tree because you are a Christian. Not to be a Christian, but because you are a Christian. 
Well said. And, you know, I think we all need to realize, and Alan, I mentioned this in Sunday school in the New Believers class that you were teaching, um, there are so many things that are tangible and at hand through the graces and blessings of God. And here's the thing, like when it talks, when we talk about sanctification or growing or pursuing Jesus, like I don't have to do that on my own, Alan. I do that through the leadership of God, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's like God communicates. God leads through His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit belongs to God. It is God. Um, it, it, it came in Christ's name. It's not about its, His self. He's about the Lord. He's about the Word. He's about truth. Um, he came to reprove the world of sin, judgment, and righteousness, right? He came to be the teacher, the comforter. So it's like, Alan, the Holy Spirit within me helps me, guides me, and does a work that a normal carnal man cannot do on his own. And wouldn't want to. There would be no desire for a carnal man to do those things. And I feel bad for religions and beliefs out there that don't believe in an indwelling, helping Holy Spirit of God that regenerates and washes people clean of sin. And it's like, you know, we get through the whole, you know, baptism and water and all these things, but it's like, you know, the water's not what cleanses me of sins. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the yes. work of the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual baptism, spiritual immersion that takes place. It's not about the outward. It's about the inward and what God does within our hearts and our souls. We go from dead to life. I mean, you just talked about the resurrection of life, John 11, with the new believers. Mm-hmm. I mean, He literally is the word of life. And so by putting our faith in Christ and being regenerated, right, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're made new when we're cleansed and forgiven. And it's like Ezekiel 36 when it talks about the sprinkling of water to cleanse and renew. That's just an illustration. It's a worldly illustration because when we talk about water, everybody's like, oh, we know water cleans. But that's an illustration of what the Spirit does within a person and the renewing that takes place. It's as if someone cleans something with water is what the Spirit does within us. And so I feel bad, Alan, because if you were to come to me and give me... Romans chapter 12, and tell me I have no help, no guidance, no comfort, and you're, all right, figure it out. I couldn't do it. Actually, I probably wouldn't want to do it. Exactly. But because of the Holy Spirit of God that indwells me, Christ said, me and my Father will come, we'll make our boat on the inside. But there's tons of scripture throughout the New Testament that I talk about an indwelling Holy Spirit um, in this time period of of the gospel that we're in since Acts chapter 2 till forever, right, that we hear about and we read about. And that's the thing, Alan. The Holy Spirit produces these things in me and helps me in my infirmities and my weaknesses. And I'm thankful for that, Alan, because here's the thing. Through God's help, I can love people, Alan. Through God's help, if someone's mad at me or someone's angry at me or someone disagrees with me or maybe it's hard to be around somebody or this or this or this, through prayer and through the help and the submission to His Word and submission to the Holy Spirit, I can love people genuinely and but not only that i can detest what's evil and i can cling to what's good why because galatians 2 20 it's no longer i who live but it's christ who lives in me and the life i now live on earth i live by faith in the son of god and that faith that we had in salvation that faith and that hope that we hold on to the day we're saved is the hope and the faith we hold on to the rest of our days absolutely on this earth because my faith doesn't just stop 
My faith grows, and everything I do now, I do by faith in the Son of God. So when I'm at work this week, and you know I, I'm focusing on trying to be better at doing everything as in the Lord, why do I want to work hard and make sure I'm being consistent? And that's some that's an area I'm working on, Alan. Why do I want to do that? Because my faith is in the Son, so I need to do everything as in the Lord. Well, Hunter, when you talk to people about Jesus this week, why are you going to do it? Because of my faith in the Son of God. Well, Hunter, when you pray this week, why are, why are you going to pray? Because of my faith in the Son of God. You see what I'm saying? Everything that we do stems down to our faith that's been given to us by the Son of the living God through what He did on the cross. And God grants that, Alan. God gives that. God draws us to the Son. And through faith we're saved, but the faith we now have in the Son of God is the faith that will be a part of the rest of our lives. And we'll grow in that, like yep. you taught the new believers this morning. We talked a great deal about that in the sanctification process and our, the trying of our faith yes. and the th- things and circumstances that we go through, and we see God's hand at work. Yes. That fortifies our faith, that galvanizes our faith, just like Martha and Mary when they saw their brother come out of that tomb. Man, they believed it. Martha said she believed it while Lazarus was dead with a stone in front of the cave. She believed he was the Son of God. But when that all happened right in front of her eyes, that faith that she had yeah. got galvanized and hardened. And it, the faith that helps us to endure to the point where, hey, uh, Peter's willing to be crucified upside down. You know what I'm saying? And the the apostles are, are willing to lay their lives down and, and willfully, absolutely die for what they believe. That's... That's faith that's been tested. Yeah. That's faith that's been tried. And that's faith that, through that sanctification process, being set apart and living godly, has stood that test of time. Yeah. And, Alan, I'm thankful. Man, I'm just thankful uh, of these marks, but these characteristics. Yeah. I'm thankful that we can read about them because now it's going to challenge us and everyone who listens to this to pursue these things more in yep. their lives. Absolutely. Um, so with that being said, guys, we love y'all. Be looking for this episode this week along with the other ones. Um, and uh, hopefully we won't – I don't go anywhere for the, the next little while on the recording days, and I don't, I don't think Alan does either. Um, so we'll get back on. The summer is one of them things that with vacation and things that come up, um, you know, one of us will be here and one of us won't. One of us, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so we're praying for you all. Um, we love you guys. And uh, Alan, you got anything else? God bless. God bless. Let me, uh, I'm going to dismiss this in prayer. God, we love you. We thank you for this time. Um, God, we just pray that you take these wor- these words, Father, your words, Lord, these characteristics that are in Scripture. And, Father, help us to live these things out. Father, make them evident in our hearts and in our lives. God, if someone's listening to this, Father, and they're lacking, God, they've never been saved. Um, God, we just pray that through the drawing power of God, through the drawing power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would convict the heart, Father, and lead them to godly sorrow, which leads to godly uh, to repentance, God. We pray for that. Um, Lord, you are the orchestrator of that. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And so, God, we pray for the unbeliever that's listening to this. But, God, we pray you'd bless this episode. God, you use it for your glory, Father. And uh, it's not about us. It's about you. Father, be with us for the rest of this week. We love you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we love you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>